Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging. This week, we continue our interview with Dr. Elmer Towns, where he will discuss finding peace through serving God after the death of a loved one. If you missed last week's episode, we invite you to listen to part one of this discussion entitled Mentoring, Passing Wisdom On to the Next Generation. And don't forget to click subscribe to hear more great conversations on applying biblical principles to aging issues. Here's the rest of the interview with Dr. Elmer Towns. Well, um, we, we've kind of talked about part of your life and, and, and some important parts, but but I want to get very personal, if you don't mind, Dr. Towns. Um, you were married for 60 years, and uh, your wife was more than a spouse. She was also an educator alongside you. Uh, you. You shared much in your relationship with her. Could you share just generally about your relationship? And then I want to I want to move in uh, to her end of life and how, for this okay. podcast specifically, um, how that affected you. We met at Columbia Bible College. I was praying. I said, God, uh, you know, I want to have a wife. I began to pray about this wife, and that's all of a sudden it dawned on me. I want to have the prettiest, smartest, most spiritual girl on campus. <laughs> and so I kind of looked around, and I saw this girl. Boy, that's the girl everybody wants to date. And so I prayed about, I said, wait, I'm going to ask her for a date. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed. I even planned it. <laughs> I, I stood in the hall where she was coming down, and I knew what to do. I'd go, let her walk past. I'd go, count one, two, three steps, and then Ruth, and she turns around. Then before I lost courage, I read, and I said, I want to take you out Friday night. How about going in right after supper, let's go out for dessert. At, um, at CC, CC's was a drugstore that they had, you could buy in those days, um, oh, banana split. Okay. About cents. <laughs> <laughs> sure, well, that's okay, thank you, and I walked away. I said, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we prayed about it, um, and then we became friends, and we were friends for about a whole semester. It's going on very well, and then my buddy comes along and says, I think I'm going to date Ruth. I said, oh, no, wait a minute. Oh, I can't do that. I said, I think that's more than a friend. I think I think I love her. So I prayed about it. And then I, on May 8th, 1951, I asked her to go steady. Gave her my high school ring. She gave me hers. And so we went steady, got engaged. And um, so we've been, we were married for 60 years. Um, we, she never... We never argued, we never fussed, and she was a kind, she was a, her, her spiritual gift was helps, hmm. helps and encouragement, and uh, she was the perfect wife to help me in everything I do, she was always supportive of everything I do. Just yesterday, I went back into my old file, I was looking up my, uh, my sophomore year term papers I wrote in philosophy, the philosophy 201 class. And she typed many of these papers for me. And so I was amazed. I, said, I forgot that she typed those papers for me. So she was good in typing the papers. And she was a perfect, perfect wife in every way. She, um, she raised my Christians. And when uh, she was five years old, she said, I want to marry a Christian. So her mother said to her, well, you pray every night. And so she said, 
I've been praying for you for 15 years before she ever met me. So we have a wonderful relationship together. And I was a co-founder of Liberty University. And she has a co-founder's ring that was given to the, the co-founder's teaching at the university. So she has a co-founder's ring there. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, your wife, um, she died several years ago now, and you watched her battle with cancer for a number of years and then hospice at the end of her life. Can you share a little bit about that journey uh, with her over the last few years and even the months of, of her life? Yes. Um, it was uh, the Saturday before Labor Day in um, 2013. Uh, I was speaking at a large conference down in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, I got a phone call. We had to take your mother to the hospital. She had had a previous stroke. And we didn't know what it was. We couldn't find it. And so when I got home, I went to the hospital and she was in the emergency room and the doctor said to us, she has cancer and we don't think she has very long to live. She said, it's advanced cancer. And I remember her saying, we can, we can uh, operate and maybe give her an extra year. She said, no. She said, you're not gonna operate on me. She said, I know where I'm gonna go when I'm dying. I know Jesus and I'm ready to die. But just to operate, I don't want to go through that again. She said, she had one operation. She said, I don't want to do that again. So she said, oh, so she went to the hospice. And so, and it was from then, from the day, the Friday before Labor Day, until December the 13th. She died on December the 13th. And I went in to see her every day. And she was uh, not in the hospital, but she was in a, uh, a center where they have hospice patients. And so I'd go in every morning and say every evening. And in the middle day, my daughter would go see her. So um, on that day, I had been there early in the morning, had breakfast with her, and she wouldn't eat. I came back that night, and I tried to give her breakfast, she wouldn't eat, and she loved Wheel of Fortune. Hmm. <laughs> and so I pulled, I turned around, I pulled up, and so we watched Pat Sajak and Vanna White. You remember, you recognize those guys? Sure, things? sure, absolutely. So we watched them together because she wanted to. And then when it was over, I looked over. I thought, I thought she was not there. I said, Ruth, Ruth. And her eyes were open and nothing was happening. And I, I sat there for about three minutes. I said, matter of fact, I turned this, the, the knob on the television and it popped over to TBN. And there was um, Beverly Shea. It will be, it was singing, it will be worth it all. Hmm. And so I turned over and I listened to Bev Shea. And then I said, Ruth, and it dawned on me, she died listening to Bev Shea singing, hmm. it will be wicked old. And um, I sat there for about five minutes. I, I just oh, spun, what can I do? After five minutes, I, I reached over and touched her and I realized she was gone. So I went to the nurse's quarter and it was supper time, they were eating. So they came out and sure enough, she was gone. They put the sheet over her and called for them to come and get the body. And, um, but I remember, I didn't really cry until I got to the funeral. When I saw her and I remembered all the things we went through, you know, and um, it was a really tough, tough funeral to have lost your wife for 60 years. And I will see her again. And a matter of fact, I say uh, today, probably, Ruth, 
is enjoying the company of Maisel and Jerry Falwell and Doug and Laura Lee Oldham. Doug is a singer there, you know, the church. And I said, they're just waiting for me to have coffee with them on breakfast. And so I said, folks, I'm coming. <laughs> so um, that, that, that was a, you know, a short, short period of time in, in general for you. But what, how did you process through that time, Dr. Towns? Um, and not only in the, in the months during her, her terminal illness, but in the months to follow. Well, um, uh, of course, it was right before Christmas. I had all the family over for Christmas Day, uh, and so we. Uh, I, I I give all my my children a big amount of cash money. I give more to my children. I give them money and gifts every year. I think it's important to give to them. And then I decided to go to Myrtle Beach. So we own a third of a condo at Myrtle Beach. And so I went down to Myrtle Beach. I got in the car on um, on the twenty on the twenty fifth day, Christmas Day. Drove down. The twenty sixth was her birthday. She was born on December the twenty sixth. And so okay. I walked around, and I was like, "This place is not the same without her." So I turned around uh, on the twenty seventh and came back home. Mm. And all of a sudden, you have to you have to live your life. You got things to do. And so I I'm always grateful for ministry and things that God wants you to do. One more thing. In God's eternal time, between the time that she went into hospice and uh, for some reason, all my appointments didn't, didn't come through. I, I didn't have any place to preach. I was stuck at home mm. all that time. If I could use the word stuck at home, I was at home and uh, not on the road. And so, um, and so after it, I started going out again. So God even arranged my schedule ahead of time because he knew what was coming. Hmm. Allowed you to grieve in a personal way as you needed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well grieving is one thing. Grieving is uh, grieve on the inside, uh, tears on the outside. And I, I, of course, I cried at the funeral. Um, now, uh, at the Matchett and Liberty University, she's buried on the university. And so up the top, you find Jerry Falwell and his wife. And then right below that's a place for all of his children. And right below that is a place for the co-founder and his wife. And so Ruth is buried there. And uh, every once in a while I go over and, um, and I, I don't talk to her, she's dead, but I, I go over and I pray and I thank God for her and all the lessons she taught me. So I could not be uh, what I am. I could not have done what I did. I could not have accomplished anything without her complete support at all times. She was a perfect wife. In every way, Ruth Jean Towns. Hmm. Well, the, your affection, your love for her is evident uh, on your face as we talk in in your words, obviously. And so, I appreciate you sharing that that deep moment uh, and that time from your life, Doctor Towns. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience today, in general? Something perhaps that I have not asked today. I wrote a book on grandparenting. It's called Great Lessons and Grand Blessings. It's two two books. One is a regular book textbook and I taught it in my Sunday school class and then if you want to take it and use it as a pastor there are 12 lessons in here there are lessons to be taught there's PowerPoint to be had and so it's all available you can find that on Amazon we will make sure that we get that word out so thank you for that how can our listeners pray for you obviously as we said you're still vital you're vigorous you're playing golf every day in your front yard but 
what what can we pray? You're still teaching. Uh, I know you just taught a class. So what, what are some ways that we can teach? I teach schools, uh, one week a year. Okay, I, I teach at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City. I was there two weeks ago. I teach a doctoral class there. I teach down at Grace School of Theology in North Houston, Texas. It's an old Dallas Seminary type of a school, and they have classes all over the world. And I just signed up. I'll be teaching a class in a couple of weeks by Zoom, and it'll be in uh, Korea. And I teach at that school for them. And then I teach a school in Charlotte, another one in Jacksonville, Florida. And then I teach, I, I have one class over at Liberty University each year now. So I enjoy all my teaching. And so I, I always, I do it for free. I, I say, no, let's, let's, let's send that money that you give me. Let's put it into a good cause. Hmm. So I love serving the Lord. Uh, I love writing books. And um, I'm always working on a book somewhere. Right now I'm doing an encyclopedia of prayer. Everything you can know about prayer. I want to make an encyclopedia prayer two things. I want to make it a book that you can put on your, your, your shelf and read it and study it. But I also want to make it available. It'll go online. And uh, we're going to make this an online thing so that when somebody asks a question, what is prayer walking? They can, when they push in Google, they'll find the answer right there. For you. I have definitions about 150 definitions of prayer throughout the scriptures. So all different kinds of prayers. And so I'm excited by finishing up that project and serving the Lord. Okay. Well, um, any way, any other ways that we might, our listeners might pray for you, Dr. Towns? I still teach my Sunday school class. It's pastor Bible class at Thomas Lord Baptist Church. I've been teaching that uh, since 1986. And um I've got some old folks in my class, and hmm. I'm old, and so we have some young people in my class. We have some very young people, so I really enjoy my class. I really enjoy, I enjoy life. I enjoy what God has given me, and uh, and I have a, a an extensive prayer ministry. I still pray for my people. And I pray for people all over the world. Well, I appreciate your time today very much, sir. Your, your generosity uh, towards this audience is evident and, and throughout your ministry, your generosity has been evident. So um, again, I, I thank you. And I hope our listeners will have gotten some, some good value out of listening to your wisdom today. Let me, let me end up by giving you my life verse. Okay. First Thessalonians 5, 24. Faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. Faithful is he, God, who calls you. He also will do what he's called you to do if you will just respond and obey. Faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. First Thessalonians 5.24. Well, thank you. That's a great way to end. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.